not everything in life is what it seems because even salt looks like sugar. Greetings from the dark side of the pomegranate. I am your host, Billy Hoosh. Welcome to Even Salt Looks Like Sugar a podcast that explores true crime, paranormal activity, and unsolved mysteries. This series discusses difficult and distressing subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 9 the spider killer, Saeed Hanoi. What happens when your wife or loved one is mistakenly identified as someone they are not? Do you ignore it or do you act on it? Join me today as I take you through the life and death of a man who chose to act on a case of mistaken identity by going on one of the most frightening, full-fledged killing sprees ever imaginable. Yes, I am talking about the Iranian serial killer, Saeed Hanoi, also known as the Spider Killer. Saeed Hanoi was born on April 5th 1962 in Mashhad, Iran, the capital state of Kurdistan. Hanoi, like many Iranians, was raised in a strict Muslim household. About 550 miles north of Tehran, Mashhad is known as the holy city for Shiite Muslims and has played a major role in Islam for centuries. However, 39-year-old construction worker Saeed Hanoi set out to do one of the most unthinkable yet diabolical acts of human nature by going on a series of killings that spanned over 365 days. On Monday, August the 7th of 2000, 30-year-old Afsane Karimpur from Mashhad was reported missing after she didn't come home to her nine-year-old daughter. Karimpur, who was a sex worker, told relatives she was working multiple jobs in order to support herself and her daughter. At this time, no one even suspects Hanoi as the perpetrator because Karimpur was known to be gone for long periods of time. Only a few days later, on Thursday, August the 10th, 2000, another young Iranian woman 
was found among some tomato bushes just behind the Khin Irab Road. The woman was identified as Layla, and she was pronounced dead at the scene. Layla was a sex worker and a drug addict, but had visible evidence of strangulation. At this time, Hanai wasn't even thought to be a suspect responsible for this young woman's death. Shortly after, on Friday, August the 11th, authorities discovered the body of Fariba Ramimpur. Her body was found in Sagradeshar region. When Ramimpur was discovered, she was wearing a very distinctive yellow burlap sack. And like Layla, showed visible injuries of being strangled. During this time, months passed. Hanai would go on to later admit what stopped him was fear of going to jail and also rain. Yes, rain. Then on Wednesday, January the 3rd, 2001, a young woman named Masume was found dead a few blocks away from the Iran Hodro company. And like the other young women, Masume's body was located in Mashhad. She was also strangled. Hanai was notorious for taking breaks in between the killings. But just when you think he's done, he is only getting started. On Friday, February the 16th, 2001, the authorities in Mashhad discovered the body of 27-year-old Sara Ramini in a tent. She was discovered relatively close to Masumeh, near the Iran Khodro company. He targeted women of all ages. His next victim, 45-year-old Azam Abdi, was discovered on Thursday, February the 29th. Abdi's body was found on the Khen Arab Road, and like most of the spider killer's victims, she too showed evident signs of strangulation. Then, on Monday, March the 19th, in the northeastern part of Mashhad, the body of 50-year-old Sakine Kehanzadeh was found under black cloth. At this time, no one entertained the idea that a 39-year-old construction worker was responsible for any of these deaths. And only a few days later, 
The body of Khadija Khasri was discovered on Friday, March the 23rd in Dustabad, a remote village close to Mashhad. Her body appeared to show visible signs of strangulation, and based on the authorities' findings, she was strangled with her own headscarf. میخوام خدمتتون عرض کنم که کلا با جرأت بگم که تا قبل از ازدواج با هیچ زنی صحبت نکردم. اصلا بله هیچ زنی هیچ دختری با یکی ما حدودا 14 15 تا شاگرد خیاطی هم داشتن مادرمان رفت آمد داشتن و بعضی مواقع به شوهر محلم خیلی سر به سر بمون داشتن اینا بعد به شما گفتم اینا بر حسب اعتماد ما حالا ما یه نفر نبودیم 6 تا داش بودیم اینا مادرشون دخترشون میرن منزل مادرمان برای خیاطی اینا نه موردی نداشت که مثلا یه وقت ما دوستی داشته باشیم با کسی صحبت اصلا خیلی شرم میواد خجالت میکشه مثلا با زن یا دختری که صحبت At this time, only few people were starting to connect the deaths as all the women died from strangulation. However, most people didn't know who was involved. With an array of speculation, no one said anything. And just like that, the murders continued. On Thursday, April 12th, 2001, the body of 35-year-old Marzie Sadatian was discovered on the side of the road to Kuchan, just off Hane Are Road. And just like his fourth victim, Sara Ramini, Sadatian was found inside of a tent. Just two days later, on Saturday, April the 14th, of 2001, the body of 35-year-old woman named Mariam was discovered. And just like Sadatian and Rameni, she was found inside a tent. And like every one of Hanoi's victims, was strangled. Yet the police still do not know who is killing these young women. The day after, Sunday, April the 15th, another 35-year-old woman was found. The lady known as Tuba was found in a tent and strangled. Yet the police have no leads on who the suspect is and the motive of the murder. On Tuesday, April the 24th, 2001, 31-year-old Azra Hajazadeh's body was found on the North Hoyam Street in the heart of Mashhad. The authorities continued running into multiple dead ends as they were clueless as to who was behind the murders of all these sex workers. During this time, Hanai took a small hiatus from the killings to spend time with his family. He was also busy with work and did everything he could to outsmart the authorities. And then just when you think he's done, he comes back with a bang. On Tuesday, July the 3rd, 2001, the body of 28-year-old Mariam Beigi, along with two other women named Shiva 
and Zahra, were found near the Shahid Musavi district in the Holy City. And like every single one of his victims, all three were strangled. The police are now angry, but still have no leads for these killings. All they know is some person or people are killing multiple young women and around Mashhad, every single one of them is being strangled. Just a little over a week later, on Wednesday, July 11th, a 20-year-old woman named Leila was found. And like her and the others before her, she too was strangled. The authorities still have no idea, but now they are looking for ways to catch the perpetrators. However, they haven't decided what and how they want to implement and execute the plan. On Tuesday, July 24, 2001, Hanai's 15th victim was found. 18-year-old Mabube Allah's body was found on the side of Kuchan's old road, a place that is all too familiar as Sadatian's body was discovered near the area. Hanai's final victim, 33-year-old Zahra Dod Khosravi, was found dead in early August of 2001. The police once again had no idea who was responsible for her death, but knew her death was related to the others. The perpetrator had a modus operandi, and every victim was related to the next. And although every woman appeared to be strangled, their bodies looked moved. Shortly after, Hanai ended up targeting the wrong woman. This woman, who is currently anonymous as she wishes to protect her identity, ended up punching Hanai in the stomach, shortly before kicking him in the place where the sun don't shine. She went directly to the authorities, where they arrested Said Hanai for the murder of these 16 women. The media in Iran dubbed the murders as the spider killings. So Hanai was known as the spider killer, hence where he got his name. Although he confessed to the killings of 16 women, it is estimated that Hanai killed many more. 
He had a hit list alone of almost 100 people. He spent most of his time surveying their hangouts and even stalking them. But why did he kill these women? What was his motive? This all started because his wife was mistaken for a prostitute by a taxi driver. Hanai made it his religious obligation to eliminate every prostitute he could as a result of that one remark. Hanai spoke in his own defense with his attorney by his side stating directly to the judge that he was not a killer, but merely an anti-streetwoman activist with strong Islamic values. He admitted to targeting random women while riding his motorcycle at night, bringing them back to his house when his wife and children were asleep or away from home, and killing them before dumping their bodies back on the streets. He said his motive for the crime, and I quote, My intention was to clean the city because these women are damaging Islam. Shortly after, the spider killer admitted to even engaging in sexual acts with some of the victims before strangling them with their own hijabs. He eventually admitted to being addicted to killing street women. In fact, his obsession with killing was so sinister, he said he couldn't sleep at night unless he killed one of them. His first victim, Afsaneh, was eventually found. He would often cite scripture of the Quran in his defense as a way and meaning of justifying himself and his actions. Oftentimes, Hanai would show zero remorse for his victims, stating that his victims were not human and even smile in court as he did this. This, however, didn't work in his favor despite the public outpour of support from extremists. He was found guilty. On April 8, 2002, Said Hanai was sentenced to death for his crimes. He died at dawn in the Mashhad prison where he was incarcerated. Hanai's gravestone reads, Hanai, a man who preferred a dignified death to a humiliating life. He removed corruption for the good of the people. Still, 
Until this day, Hanai is defended relentlessly by his mother, his brother, his sister, his wife, and even his own son. In fact, his own 16-year-old Ali Hanai, who is now 34, celebrated his father's actions and said, and I quote, I'm not sad my father is dead. I'm sad because he failed to achieve his goal. Joining me today is my father, Firuz Hushmandi. My father has lived in Iran for many years and witnessed many things firsthand. Although he's been living here in Canada since 1978. Salam Baba, how are you? Durut san, Thank you for joining us today. Baba, in Iran, how are women treated? No, I was not there, but before that, about 40, 50 years, not good, not good, but not better than now, at least. So a uh, man named Saeed Hanai, also known as the spider killer, mm. he stalked, tortured, and raped, and murdered many women in Mashhad. He killed these women in a year time span. What are your thoughts about this case? I heard the news long back about him, but uh, I saw the movie. I think it affected me too much and made me more angry or some, some kind of uh, blaming all the religion and everything and make me so sad, so all questions make me many questions. Well, what what are these questions that you have? Yeah. What do you think was the cause of this? It's not one, one cause. It's many things. Many, many think in religion first is uh, um, behaving the uh, law of religion, uh, society, what they call a combination of everything and teaching and sickness and many. So it's the whole culture, oh, the current, yes, but the yes. current culture. It was it different um, back in the sixties and the seventies uh, when exactly. you were well, much different, much different. I remember I compare with this guy in Canada um, with the native people. At least he's not religious or something, but that one in Iran, in Mashhad, was purely religious guy and proud guy. I, I hate that guy when talking proudly. Did that, like, yeah, that's what was scary about it, was yeah, that he, yeah. was, he had no remorse, he was proud, and... His family and even other people were proud as well. Most of that, his child, his son, his son so proud. I say, okay, I revenge. I become another. I continue my father's uh, rule action. Yeah, that's 
horrific. That's horrific. So, Baba, what do you think uh, women in Iran can do to prevent themselves from becoming a victim of these types of crimes? Oh, they are doing. I believe in women. I believe they they save not only the man, not only the Iran. That's a good part of that positive thing. Now they wake up. They understand more and they move. They do the action. They become the first one. And they are doing already. On that side, they are happy. On that uh, positive side. So you have faith that the culture exactly. is changing and yes, it's getting yes, better. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Baba, for oh, your insight. You're, you're very welcome, son. You're very welcome. If you enjoyed tonight's episode of Even Salt Looks Like Sugar, please subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find fine podcasts. Also visit our official website, evensaltlookslikesugar.com. Thank you for listening. This is your host, Billy Hoosh, signing off. Thank you for listening. And remember, not everything in life is what it seems, because even salt looks like sugar. Listen if you-